G'day and welcome to Occupied, your fortnightly podcast for all things occupation and occupational therapy. Firstly, I just wanted to mention otpodcast.com. If you are a fan of this show and you're keen to hear some other occupational therapy related podcasts, check out otpodcast.com, a resource with all of your occupational therapy podcast needs in tow. This episode, I got to have an amazingly fun chat with Mandy Chamberlain of Seniors Flourish. Uh, Many of you will know she obviously has her own podcast under the Seniors Flourish brand, as well as a business website, does a lot of training and support uh, in online communities. We had a chat about OT's foray into the online tech world, into podcasts. We had a look at her journey, OT in aged care, and a whole range of things. It was a really fun conversation for me, and I really hope you guys enjoy it as well. So what time is it there? Like, it's early, huh? Oh, it's not too early now. It's like 7 a.m. Oh, okay. 7. It's... Well. Man, it's Saturday though. Oh yeah, it is. I'm in the future. Oh. <laughs> Whoa, that's so funny. Is I have a girlfriend. She only lives like two time zones ahead of me. But every single New Year's at like for the New Year's, she always is like Happy New Year from the future. For like literally 20 mm. years, she's been yeah. this like. Welcome to 2019. Year. You'll love I it when know. you get here. <laughs> <laughs> Too funny. Too funny, too funny. Well, this is going to be fun because, you know, I'm not really on a lot of other people's podcasts, so really? I could just get to talk. Not really. Yeah. No one really, no one invites me, so thanks. That's okay. <laughs> Always up on my list. I had two, two this week scheduled. I try, I mean, I try to schedule them out so I'm not like panic, not panicking, but like have them, I'm prepared, right? But um, I don't know. I go in spurts. <laughs> That's pretty much, I realized because I was talking to, like, I'm pretty good friends with Sarah Putt from the OT for Life oh, yeah. podcast. Yeah. And I was talking to her the other day. And I, was, I realized I haven't, this is the first one I've recorded for 2019. <gasps> so congratulations. You're my first the, podcast for 2019. <laughs> the end of February. Yeah. Yeah. So, oh, actually, that's a lie. I recorded the the individual one. I just haven't recorded with someone else for 2019. Yeah. So. Yeah. Well, good. Well, I'm excited to be here. Excellent. So, I've been, Ooh, doing, yes. been doing my research. I haven't really. I just, <laughs> I was just, read, I was just reading, I... reading your stuff on LinkedIn. That's pretty much the extent of my research. Oh, okay. Well, okay. That's not so bad. Although you do have more <laughs> on LinkedIn than most people. You've got a whole like spiel and everything. I've never seen anyone that's actually filled that part in. Done the spiel on what? On yourself at the start, at the top. Oh, yeah. I've never seen anyone that's actually done that. You've... Mm. You know, I'm very thorough. You are. I'm <laughs> impressed. It makes me feel like I should go and update my LinkedIn profile. <laughs> Don't know what I'd say. Oh, I'm such a bad LinkedIner. I'm a bad LinkedIner and I'm a bad Twitterer. Like I'm just bad at them. I'm not too. But... I'm not too bad with Twitter. Huh? I, I find mm-hmm. Twitter. I find Twitter interesting. I, I find it hard to sort of really get into it unless there's a specific purpose. Yeah, totally. So, like, if there's a you know an actual OT chat or something that I'm mm. wanting to be involved in, no worries mm-hmm. at all. I can I'm all over that. But just 
tweeting in everyday sort of capacity. Yeah, I'm yeah. like, I feel like I'm just throwing little things out into the well, ether and seeing yeah, if anyone and- sort of replies. And then if someone replies, like, oh, good, someone I can talk to. I know, and then you can start getting the thread going, but oh, yeah, I'm bad at it. I just like to, like, peer around and see what's up. LinkedIn's interesting, too. It's more of a message board, I feel. Yeah, yeah. There's not I think a some whole people lot use it of- for, I don't know. Probably don't use it to its full ability, but I think I just I just gotta focus where I'm at. I think <laughs> I don't know. like I've never seen anyone that I've gone, wow, that's like everything that you could possibly do on LinkedIn. But like, yeah, little things like your your little intro spiel and everything. Like I see little bits and pieces on people that you know, oh, that's yeah. different and that'll work. Yeah, but yeah, I haven't found. Yeah, you see people, you're like, oh, wow, that's really optimized for that platform. I haven't really found that on LinkedIn. Mm-hmm. I don't know if anyone actually really knows how it works. <laughs> I don't know either. <laughs> but I don't know. People connect, I guess, and find jobs and do all sorts of things. So well, that's, I mean, I have... it obviously works. Otherwise, it would wouldn't still exist, I guess. But... Yeah, yeah. And that's, I mean, that was the purpose of it. And I, I have had job offers from LinkedIn, which mm. is strange. They weren't overly relevant to me, but... <laughs> But you had some. But they came in. <laughs> but yeah, one of them was for like visually impaired assistive tech. I'm like, I know nothing about that, but I give it. I, <laughs> yeah. At, at this point in my life, I give it a crack. Yeah. Not funny. I can't even remember what the other one was, but it was something equally as far from mental health as possible. But yeah, so I want to know how, why OT? How did you get into OT? OT, how? Okay, how and why? Well, let's back up a few years. <laughs> no, I actually, yeah, really. Um, no, I, when I was in high school, I grew up in a, like a sandwich generation family. So like my grandmother had passed away. My grandfather really should have been like in a somewhat, we call it like an assisted living where you're, it's somewhat semi-supported living. Um, but, you know, he didn't really want to move there. So he moved in with, I say in with us, but we, I grew up in a small, like a hobby farm, 10 acres hobby farm. And my parents like shipped in this little house and on our property. So he lived like, oh, I mean, you could just walk there in your pajamas. It was so close. So he lived kind of with us. He'd come over just for like dinner because he wanted to be in his own house, but we would help with like, you know cleaning his house and help with medications and kind of that kind of thing. So I grew up in my high school years. He was a part of our family, like right there. And then he actually um, had a massive stroke and he ended up with very severe flaccid hemiplegia and ended up in a skilled nursing facility. And so we, he went through the whole rehab process, you Mm -hmm. know, OT, PT, speech. Um, I was just starting school for social work kind of the healthcare. I liked mental health. So yeah. And so I kind of um, got exposed to OT through his rehab process, which it honestly wasn't overly successful, but I just got to kind of, we hung out there all the time. So I went to rehab, you know, sessions with him and we got to know all the residents in the facilities. And um, I just was like, oh, OT can do cognition and physical limitation. I'm like, that is much, I like that. I like that. I felt like it was, I didn't really think I knew what like holistic was. I feel, feel like it was just like, I kind of like, oh, I like the variety and yep. that it's a helping profession. So literally after 
that exposure, I switched degrees from social work to OT, like pre preoccupational therapy. Good and then, choice. yeah. And then <laughs> I, you know, I just was like, cause at the time, so I graduated, oh, I'm going to show my age, right. In 2003 from OT school. So I don't know what it was early two thousands. I, you know, I switched to OT and I was like, oh yeah, I'll just get into OT school here. Like it won't be a problem. Like looking back, I'm like, oh my gosh, that's, I just kind of was like, I can do this. And I did. And I got in, <laughs> they didn't know that I just got in and yeah, I just, so it just was like after that little bit of exposure and then, cause I had never even heard of it before. It was like that whole thing. I just kind of started digging in and looking at what, who I can work with and how does it, how does it work? And like, what the heck is it? Cause I didn't know anyone. Mm. Um, and yeah, I just knew it was a good fit for me. So I just kind of jumped in and did it. So yeah. And it was just like one of those things, like you just, I don't know. I put my, we all kind of do that, right? Everyone has their OT journey story and how they kind of found it. Cause it feels like everyone stumbles upon it, upon it in some way. No one knows. No one knows what it is when they first start. And it's funny. Like, you hear random stories to be like, I knew I was going to be OT since a kid. And since I was a kid and you're like, really, how did, you know, it's always some exposure or family member or something. It's, but yeah, I think I was always going to be in the helping profession. I mean, when I was even in high school, I, I was like, I'm not going to be in the medical field. So I didn't even take any like anatomy in high school. Like, cause I was yep. like, I'm not going to, I'm not going to dissect the cat. Like I, I'll be fine. <laughs> and then here I am. So that's obviously know? what happens in the medical field. <laughs> Yeah, known for dissecting cats Almost in this frogs spare time. and cats. Yeah, I had cadaver lab in OT school, so yeah. No, we had, we had the cadaver lab. I don't yeah. think we ever, yeah. mind you, I didn't do biology, but I don't remember the whole like dissecting a frog thing being a thing here in Australia. Maybe it was. Oh, I don't know. It was totally a high school, like a you know. I see. Like Sixteen years. It's obviously like, a, yes, it's obviously a, a thing in America because it's in like every like high school movie. Yeah. yeah. So they dissect something, someone vomits, someone passes out. <laughs> like that's just standard across the board. So that's my experience. That's what I expect high school to be like in America. Just people Basically, vomiting and passing Brahms. out and cutting things up. That's 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 the extent of it. Maybe that's some math after lunch. Yeah. <laughs> that's about <Yeah>. it. <laughs> but yeah, no, I don't think anyone really well you feel like you're showing your age, but I, by the sounds of it, we are very similar ages. Thing we sound like we're <laughs> yeah. at the uni about the same time. Um, yeah. But I, I, I know for one, I had no idea. I, I'm probably still trying to work out what it is. Um, I, I definitely know. had no idea when I signed up. I literally, I changed from engineering to OT because my, I saw my friend because I lived at like on, oh, we call it college. You guys call it like a fraternity. Where you live on, oh, yeah, on like campus. Yeah. Um, I saw or my a dorm. A no. dorm. Yeah. Yeah. That's probably <laughs> okay, a better way to do yeah, it. Yeah. A dorm. Uh, I saw my friend who I found out was doing OT, slightly intoxicated, playing with a sock puppet <laughs> that he'd made in class. And for whatever reason, I went, that sounds interesting. He was that trying, is, to, that's... <laughs> trying to explain to me what it was. And I'm like, it's got to be better than engineering. <laughs> that's the profession for me. <laughs> yeah, this is the one. I found it. <laughs> I have never made a sock puppet, though. I don't know what happened. I've let the profession down. Oh, man. <clears throat> I'm going to do one to work today. No, yeah, you Saturday, Monday. Get those craft skills out, you know? Yeah. So... <laughs> 
Yeah, I don't. I don't think anyone really knows what it is. Although, well, mm-hmm. back when we were at uni, I don't think anyone knows. Although this, like I'm teaching now, mm-hmm. and I'm shocked. I guess probably it's sort of almost like the next generation of OTs, where there is actually some students coming in that genuinely know <sighs> what it is now, which is weird for me because I've just gone in there going, ah, oh, no one knows what this is. I'm here to show mm-hmm. you or here to teach you, et cetera, et cetera. And there's students that are like, oh, you know, my mum's an OT or, you know, oh. I've had OT or like they've actually genuinely know what it is, which is nice, but it's it's a shock because I'm not used to people actually knowing what we, who we are, what we do. Yeah. <clears throat> That's cool. I think there's just so much more exposure. I mean, the idea, I mean, that's why one of the reasons why I love podcasts. I think you can start explore. People can explore, and you know, there's so many more websites out there, and there's just so much more exposure. I mean, even if you don't really know what it is, you can like Google it. Like, you couldn't do that even when I was in high school or even college, probably. You know what I mean? It was like it wasn't really a thing. And I think there's just that level of exposure through podcasting and social media, and you know, just the internet is kind of cool. Like it was really only starting, like the internet was only starting to become a thing like I think just at the start of high school for me or yeah, sort of when I was going maybe the end of primary school, maybe. I can't remember Mm -hmm. exactly when we got it back in the old dial-up days when you used to have to, (laughs) yeah, anyone picked up the phone, it kicked the internet off or that kind of (laughs) thing. But because everything, I think because everything was so slow, you didn't really use, you couldn't do a lot of research on anything and yeah. there wasn't that information. Like if if you wanted information on occupational therapy, someone out there would have had to specifically make a website saying this is occupational therapy <laughs> right. and you would have had to yeah. put the exact search term. This is before Google. <laughs> right. And there was a whole heap of others, AltaVista and what else was there? Oh, Ask Jeeves. You them all out. AOL. AOL. <laughs> and you had you had your favorite search engine. And now everyone's <laughs> is Google, but there was other ones before that. And yeah. if your search and they didn't all have the same websites on them. So if your search engine oh, yeah. didn't have, you know, what is occupational therapy, one of the other ones might, but you wouldn't find it because you weren't using that one. It was right. it was a very the internet was very limited. Archaic. I guess is the, the looking yeah, back. Yeah. Oh yeah. <laughs> And back then, the whole purpose of it for me was how can I download pirated music? I'm like, I'm, <laughs> or, or movies. Or movies or, or, I'm oh, like, man. I'm like, um, how this? I don't know. Interesting. Can't admit like, this on a podcast. Can that's you? That's fine. It was, I'm sure it's past statute of limitations by now. <laughs> okay, good. Yeah. Oof. But it was, it, it's funny because I remember when I first started in this job. And you walk into class and the first thing every student does is pull out a computer. And I'm like, I didn't even yeah. have one when I was at, like <laughs> in first year. Yeah. I had a desktop. It stayed in my room. I never had one that I bring to class. That's so cool though. It's like a next generation. Mm-hmm. Gosh. I so, know. So where did you where did you go after uni? Where did you, where have you worked? Well, I went <clears throat> to the University of North Dakota Medical and Health Sciences and um, just my state school. I grew up there, and then I went, I moved to Colorado, and um, basically there was no jobs. I mean, I moved to, and I still live in kind of the same valley, but um, it's like a like a rural 
like a resort area. There's all the mountains very close and skiing everywhere and that kind of thing. So, um, Sounds amazing. I, I'm not going to lie. It's kind of awesome, <laughs> <laughs> but there, you know, there wasn't a lot of jobs. And so I'm just like, and everywhere I go, they'd be like, you don't have any experience. I'm like, you're right. I don't have any experience. Um, so I jumped in and did, um, started PRN home health. So doing home visits, um, which they always say you don't really want to do as a new graduate. Cause you're, I mean, it's t- completely independent. I mean, yeah. you're doing it on your own essentially. And there was only one other OT there in my um, company and he was super helpful, but I mean, it just was the land of like, literally we hardly even had cell phones, let alone having be able to see your coworkers. Um, and so I started out PRN and I just was like, I'm just going to go for it. I'm going to put, you know, and I actually ended up staying there, ended up full time and then staying there like six years. Um, cause it, I loved it. Like I loved, you can't get, I shouldn't say can't, but you can get so occupation based in home health setting, right? You're in their own natural environment. You get to see, you get to meet their dog. You get to know their routines, like really know the routines. Um, and I just really enjoyed it, but I got to a point where I felt like I needed that more of a medical background. Like I was like, I feel like I'm really missing out on some things. Um, I had really good um, internships in hospitals and I did acute care and I worked in in the head injury unit and a lot of things that I really enjoyed. And so I was like, okay, I'm ready. So then I trans from home health. I did, um, what did I do? I did acute care, um, inpatient, outpatient. It was kind of like a smaller facility where the OTs really wore every hat possible, (laughs) every hat possible. So inpatient, outpatient, I did ergonomic assessments. Um, and I did on, uh, huh? All in the one role. Uh, yeah, that one role. I did it all. Yeah. It was crazy. Um, I did. Yeah, I do. On I also, there's an area close to where I live where there's a lot of oil and gas. And so it was booming at that time. And we had programs for like pre-employment testing, um, functional capacity evaluations. I'd go on site and do job analysis. I mean, like I got my feet in everything. Um, and you know, but the cool thing about working in that smaller facility is that I think you have to have a certain personality type. That's just like, you know, I'm really willing to kind of learn and jump right in because yeah, it can yeah. be super intimidating. Right. Cause yeah, you but- feel like, Oh, but the other part of it is, is that they really let me work on like professional development types of things or, or d- department programs, which I loved. Like I worked on a, you know, um, oncology, like an oncology rehab program. We did, you know, we did all sorts, all sorts of fun programs that I just loved. And that's why it's kind of cool. Like with what I do now, it's like, I'm kind of still doing that. It's like getting in and making little courses and looking at the policies. I'm like, I'm kind of like to nerd out. Like I just <laughs> like, it's like the whole thing. I got to do it all in that facility. So I did that for a long time. And then I also worked, um, and then I started having, I have three little kids and then I was like trying to reduce my hours. And then I was, and I'd always kind of filled in at like a nursing facility. I don't know what you, what do you guys call a skilled nursing facility over there? I've been trying a to work that out because I've heard a lot of people talk care about center? them. I'm assuming, yeah. I'm assuming, is it just like a nursing home with, with yeah. clinical staff? Yeah. So we, yeah, okay. we, we have them, we just call them 
a nursing home, but then oh, you just can't. We call them like nursing homes different levels. Too, yeah. So there's like independent yeah. living, and then there's like fully supported. Yeah, um, yeah, ones. very but similar. They're all, they're all sort of in the. Oh, a lot of them, they're all in the same facility. They're just different levels within that facility. Yeah, yeah, we have those two, and I'm always. It's like. My my husband is English, so I'm always trying to like learn like the English l- verbiage for it. And then I was like, I don't know what they call it in Australia, and I'm like, <laughs> like trying to figure it all out. I'd but say we'd probably all, be fairly very similar. similar to them, seeing mm. that's where we mm-hmm. came from originally. Right, right. Well, you know, but well, <laughs> we're still better than them. That's okay. Well. <laughs> I don't know. Oh, weren't you guys the like fighting the words. guys that had to, got kicked out of England and they had to go to Australia? Wasn't that they sent away know? their best and they've been regretting <laughs> it ever since? And they can't let us go. They love us. That's their fault. They stuffed up many many years <laughs> yeah. ago. But anyway, you know, it's like just. Yeah. So I've just kind of done a lot of, I've never done pediatrics. I've never done mental health, like strict per- mental health, yeah, except yeah. for on my field work back in the day. Um, You've never but made a I've sock done puppet. a lot of the others. What did you say? Never made a sock puppet. I've never made a sock puppet, but if it's meaningful to my patient, I may. <laughs> I think that would probably raise a few flags if I know. Fine. Fine. But no, you know, yeah. So I have a lot of varied experience and a little bit of everything, but I like that. I love jumping in and just being like, you know, we were talking a little bit earlier and you're like, I don't know. I've never worked in that type of setting, but I give it a go. Like that's kind of, it's kind of how I am as well. I think you kind of have to be all right. That's something I'm like for years because I've always had like, even when I was working clinically, I've always had OT students and that kind of stuff. And that's always their Mm -hmm. thing about like, how can like how is is it easy to get a job afterwards? I'm like, well, that depends on how open you are. Like, if you're mm-hmm. not tied to an area, like a geographical area, tied to a clinical area, don't want to work in a specific team, then and and you're open to taking you know, to moving or to trying new things that you haven't done or whatever, then you'll find work relatively easy. Yeah. Yeah. But if you're like, I want to work in this specific team at this specific area, then you're probably going to find it a bit more difficult. Definitely. Definitely. Yeah. I mean, there are, there are jobs out there, but it is hard. There's definitely, I mean, here, there's definitely, definitely areas that are more saturated than others, right? I think that's probably anywhere. Some of the cities that have like multiple OT um, and OT assistant schools, <clears throat> you know, they get just have so many graduates and then people want to stay in the area because they like live there or have families or whatever, and it's hard to move. And I mean, those are the challenges definitely. But I mean, where I live, I mean, there's always jobs because it's maybe not as desirable of a location or, you know, there's pros and cons to all of them, but. I don't know. It sounds pretty um, awesome to me. Well. Especially if you like skiing or that kind of stuff. Well, they yeah, well, you know, it's funny. They always say people come for the winter because of the skiing, but everyone stays for the summer because the summers are awesome. I, yeah. I feel like I'm almost like a, a Colorado advertisement, say, but it is pretty work, awesome. Working for tourism Colorado <laughs> or something. The what? You're working for tourism like, Colorado or something like that. Just yeah, and you have area. such a crazy it, – it's such a crazy, like, contrast of population because you have, like – so they call this where I live, it's like this valley, right? And so you have one end of the valley, and it's a lot of – there's a lot of ranchers, and there's a lot of um, families that have been here for many, many, many years. And then you have um, a 
population where it's like very active older adults where, I mean, they are doing mountain races up the mountain at 75. Like it's this huge discrepancy within this one area. And so you see all sorts of people um, in one area for very different reasons than another area. It's just like this kind of crazy, I'm kind of like in this, yeah, it's just a very um, interesting population. Yep. Um, it's an interesting mix. Yeah, good mix. It's a very good mix. But yeah, I've, I, I'm like, oh, I'll try Colorado. If I don't like it, I'll move. I'm still here. Like I'm still here, whatever, 17 years later. <laughs> oh, it sucked you in. It did. Come for I the winter, stayed forever. <laughs> so you, yeah. you mentioned with your first job that people say that it's not, that area isn't a good thing for new grads. Well, how come? What's wrong with it? <laughs> not what's wrong with well, it, but why, why not? What's wrong with it? Grads? No, you know, I mean, there's a lot of new grads that's doing home or starting home health. Um, I think I was one that I think I did well. Um, but it's really hard because you don't always have the mentorship or you don't have, you know, coworkers to bounce ideas off necessarily or as easily because um, you're just independently going into the client's home. And so I think those are the challenges. Um, and, you know, you're not working in a true medical model, like you don't, you know, they're home after a surgery or something like that. And it's, I mean, it's just so occupation-based, which I love, I love that. But also, it, you know, it creates its own challenges, just like I think any setting has its own challenges. But like, you're just so, I guess, alone, and you have to manage your own time on your own, and you have to... Um, it's just, I think those are the challenges of home health as a newer grad. There was another, there was a PT, um, a physical therapist that started at the same time, a new grad as I did. And she just she couldn't do it. Like, she's just like, I just need more support. Um, but, and I will have to say, probably it's, I don't know, there's, I don't know if it's easier these days. Um, but like, I literally had a cell phone, but like, you don't have GPS. And I'm like, looking up home health, like, <laughs> like houses on a map and I remember like trying to find a payphone because I didn't have like service and like you know what I mean like you didn't have text messaging where you could like text it was just like a different the different challenges but I still know that some people still think home health is um hard when you're out but people do it I mean people and you can succeed at it um I don't know I think those are some of the challenges of being a new grad but so because I mean if you if you think about it, like the contrast to like working in a big facility where there's like, you know, 10 other OTs and you're running around trying to do all the stuff, but then you can always ask someone for help or yeah, yep. um, advice or, hey, check this out. Am I, am I on the right track? But you don't get any of that in a home health setting. So. so is the home health stuff over there, is it specifically for older people or is it based off like a discharge from a surgical ward or is it everything or like how does it work over there? Oh, that's a good question. Um, basically how it works is that we have two types of kind of home health. So make it even more complicated. You have a type <laughs> where they are, you know, they were had in the hospital, they had surgery or something like that in general. Sometimes you're referred if they're at home, they come home, they're able to come home. They don't feel like they can need to go to a nursing home, but they can go home. And they're actually pushing that pe more people to go home is directly um, instead of going to nursing home 
for short-term rehab stay and those and the kind of things. Um, but they have to be homebound. Like they have to show that they're not able to go into the hospital to get rehab two times a week. They physically can't, or there's some kind of limitation that doesn't allow them to do that. So it can't be like a transportation issue. It's like they can't like if they have maybe a cardiovascular issue, they can't, um, you know, they get super fatigued. They can't handle the actual process of going into an outpatient setting. <clears throat> so that's one time. And then, and in general, I would say most of those patients are older adults, um, but not all. And then you have another type of, um, it's just, it's all about the payment systems. Yeah. yeah. Um, so for like that one, systems. it's our government Medicare system. And then the other one is actually Medicare, a different type of system where you don't have to, but they call it like more like a mobile therapy. So instead of having a clinic or private practice, the private practice is I'm coming to you. Yep. And so um, those are the two typical types of home health. Um, and so, yeah. So in general, most, Currently, most of the facilities or most of the home health agencies are um, people that are homebound. And so they can't get into the clinic to be seen for therapy. And, and you get OTPT, you can have OTPT speech, you can have nursing, you can have an aide to assist with bathing or that kind of thing. So, and social work, and you have the whole, all the services. It's just that they are going to the client versus the client coming in because they cannot for whatever reason. So... Yeah, it's um, it is funny trying to figure out those systems. I think it's fairly. It sounds fairly similar to here, um, mm -hmm. in that the systems are obviously as they would be anywhere, sort of designed around where the money comes from. Totally. So yeah. I know, and I haven't got a lot of experience in it, but I remember from placement, like we have essentially a home health type thing that's generally just for older people mm -hmm. uh, mm -hmm. or tends to be. I don't think it's exclusively. I don't think it's like actually says that it's for you know that's, seniors, but that's you like know, a, it's yeah. for a lot of home mods, a lot of equipment type stuff, and mm -hmm. they just seem to be the people that use that more than, you know, most they're the ones that want rails in the bathroom and that kind of stuff. Mm -hmm. um, mm -hmm. And they'll also do, for people that are eligible for that particular funding, system um we'll also mm -hmm. do sort of pre and post say surgical visits that kind of stuff oh okay um but i think there's also essentially like outpatient from the from the hospital say for the pre and post surge stuff um mm -hmm. if they're not eligible for you know commonwealth funding for through the other system they can still get seen because we have, mm -hmm. we, have we have public health so it's um, right. It's all, I don't know, not free, it's taxpayers, but, you know, it's free to them right. kind of thing anyway. So right. uh, it's just a matter of sort of who sees them will be up to who's paying for it kind of thing. Right. And actually, we have kind of a similar system um, when you, uh, I'm not an expert in this at all. <laughs> so, but <laughs> but basically, after you hit 65-ish, um, then you are have government insurance and there's, you know, there's co-pays and there's all these different regulations, but in general you are covered through the government insurance as well. Um, so, you know, it, yeah, it's all about the systems and payments and how, how us as occupational therapists fit into that system. Yeah, and yep. for, 
us, it's all about, you know, advocating, you know, advocacy and, you know, yes, we should be included and yes, we should be paid for. And like, what is our role? And, um, you know, it's all, all that, all that stuff. Yeah. I was talking to, uh, Michael and Erica from the Burnout to Lit Up podcast. Oh yeah, and he yeah. was he was explaining the I guess your American system health system, and he was telling me about how I think I think it's still called Medicare, isn't it? Yeah, like Medicare over sixty four or sixty five, and then you get yeah Medicare. Um, mm-hmm. And it sounds like what you guys have for that age group is similar to what we have for everyone. Everyone. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. And there's different types of Medicare and there's like part A and part B. And there's, yeah, so there is different like branches, but yeah, it is, it, it is kind of interesting because even in America, we have <laughs> systems that, you know, help with their older adults, yep. to, you know, insurance since they're not working and that kind of thing. So there's lots of regulations on that, but it's, it's, it's interesting because it, it really makes, once you get into like the healthcare system, it really like if you want to be political or not, you have to kind of be an advocate, right? Like you have to kind of get in there a little bit and um, at least make your voice heard on how these systems affect client care and, and how you provide that care. But it's, it's a challenge. <laughs> I would say. I think OTs, you know? OTs aren't overly good at that. Just no. in general. We're a very, no. um, I was thinking about this yesterday. We're a very, uh, not passive. Well, we are kind of passive, but I guess risk averse mm, profession. That's a good way to we, put it. We don't, yeah. we don't like putting ourselves out there into situations that we don't know, that we don't understand. We're very happy in our little comfort zone. Yeah. At the at the present time. Yeah. Um But I, I think we're gonna need to <laughs> coming yeah, up and coming think, up in the very near future because we're totally. gonna have to advocate for what we do up until this point i feel like yes there's obviously been some advocating and you know to get us where we are and i'm not trying to discount that um mm-hmm. but i think it's done by very a small minority of the larger mm-hmm. of the larger profession and i really think we're gonna need a lot more of it coming up in the very near future otherwise we're just gonna fade into the background and other professions are gonna take over what we do mm-hmm. yeah that that is true and i mean even you even see it you talk about like you know political advocacy and those kind of things but i mean even things as i've been podcasting <laughs> like you just see like in general in health healthcare pot just taking ot podcasts as an example um I mean, when I started, I think I was the only one when I, I mean, cause I've been doing it. I don't know. You'd be pretty close to the original. A little while. I was one of the, one of the originals. The, the OG no, but like podcast. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. No, but you know, it's so funny about that is like, but there's a billion PT podcasts. There's even a ton of speech language pathology podcasts yeah. out there. And, and I just feel like, um, even like from a, website standpoint, all this stuff. Um, it's interesting to me. Like I feel now that I'm in, into it, I'm like using ear quotes. Like now that I'm into it, like I'm into like the OT social media podcasting website, that kind of thing. I just see it as such a avenue for advocacy. And like, I just, why are we behind? Like why, 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 
why isn't there a billion OT podcasts and resources and things like that? I feel like we're like a little behind it. I don't know if it's just because we're that type of profession or it's a, ter- you know, the profession has a certain type of personality, right? Yeah, yeah. Obviously, like every profession. And I don't know if we just are just, I feel like we're really nice, which I think I'm nice. Like, like I think we just like to help people and, um, I don't know. Like, I just feel like I just like to get, I want people to get that fire a bit and be like, okay, we have to advocate for ourselves and explain and show the value of our profession because yeah, it, it could easily get swept away by another, other professions, even though it's not from our standpoint, it's not a good fit at all or not that it's not a good fit that, but it doesn't encompass actually what we do. Mm. It's sometimes, and I've heard you talk about like, you know, occupational language and that kind of thing on some of your other podcasts, but it's like, um, it's just trying to show our distinct value because we have one. I mean, there's, Mm. we are, what we do is what no one else does. Um, so I kind of get on my high horse about that, but it's, I just feel like it's so true. So I'd love to, I mean, I do love the camaraderie of, you know, podcasters working together or, you know, just having my website, um, you know, I've teamed up with tons of other people, other OTs that have websites. And it's like this, like kind of like a family in a way, like we all try to support each other. And like, we all kind of have the same goals of, you know, getting information out there and advocacy and connecting and um, seeing OT as like a global profession that it is. And so it's, it's, and it's fun. It honestly, I think it's so fun. Don't you think it's fun? Yeah. Well, I wouldn't be here if I didn't think it was <laughs> Me fun. Me too. I know. <laughs> I'm like, I'm not doing it for money, so it's obviously for I fun. Know, yeah. yeah. <laughs> no, it's um. I mean, that's that's one of the reasons why I got into doing the podcasting as well is like I was already listening to podcasts mm-hmm. about all different things, and then one day I just went, oh, I wonder what's on here, sort of about OT, and I think there was yeah. you, um. I think at the time Karen Jacobs had just started yep, Lifestyle just by Design. Yep. And I think Steph Lancaster was out as well with On the Air. And I think that was almost about it yeah. in terms of OT podcasts. Yeah, they had like our um, you know, American Occupational Therapy Association had like a tiny one for a short period of time, but I saw they were that, but really they, short. They, put out one, they weren't really they only put out an episode like twice a year. Yeah. They, for a while they were kind of on a roll, I think. Yeah. And then they kind of lost steam. Because there was a British one similar, I think it was from their association as well. And it was like uh-huh. It was almost like they were only putting an episode out whenever there was a conference kind of thing. Yeah. So I don't know. Yeah. I don't, it wasn't a regular thing anyway, but there was only like a couple of OTs that were, you know, putting out regular content, mm-hmm. and it was it was something I'd been toying with for years, and then kind of went off it and went, and eventually when I decided to do it, I'm like, oh, I'm just gonna do it and see what happens. <laughs> That's Why exactly not? what I did. It's really it's really funny because talking about OT or podcasting stories, like I um I had like when I first started the my website seniorsflourish.com. I guess I keep talking about my website and I haven't actually told anybody what it is. (laughs) Plug it. I'm plugging. Um, I was like in this Facebook group, like a geriatric OTPT speech um, podcast or not podcast, just a general Facebook group. Mm -hmm. And there was another, there was a physical therapist that was just starting a website. His name is Dustin Jones. He does senior rehab project. He does a podcast too. 
it's awesome work. But basically he was just kind of throwing it out there saying like, Hey, and I'm doing a podcast. And I was like, Hey, I'm doing a website. Like we were kind of the only ones that we could find that he was doing kind of specifically around older adults. Um, he was BT, I was OT. And so we, we were just kind of diving in and neither one of us knew what we were doing and trying to figure out websites. And we, um, became friends and found, you know, helped each other out and that kind of thing. And I was just talking to him one day. I was like, Oh, you know, I'm really having a hard time. Like, cause I know my strengths and weaknesses. Right. And I'm not the best writer. Like I can write you a technical thing all day long. Right. But like to put a blog post out was really actually challenging for me. I still find it kind of hard. Um, and he's like, well, why don't you try podcasting? I'm like, I am not podcasting. He's like, you're personable. You can talk to people. I'm like, I don't know. And he's like, well, like, what's it going to hurt? Like, if you don't want to do it, you don't have to do it. Like, there's no rules. It's not like you're like, we're not making money on this or, you know what I mean? Like, there's just kind of like, no. What's there to lose? Yeah. What's there to lose? And so I'm like, you are right. I'm going to try this because I felt like it was another way to kind of like get out there and be able to use my voice and try to I don't know, put out some information and that kind of thing. Um, I cannot listen to the first couple episodes of my <laughs> podcast because I sound like a, I don't even sound like myself. I sound like a robot or something. Like I'm so nervous, but the more you do it, the easier it gets. But it's so funny. Those like how you kind of get into, get into your thing, the, whatever the podcasting world. But it's been, so anybody can do it. Well, yeah, right. Absolutely. And like I've <laughs> spoken to a few people like uh, we were talking earlier, like Sarah Putt, who was, yeah. I think she'd started recording well before I started podcasting, but just hadn't released anything. Yeah. She just was like banking. I'm like, go girl. Like oh, I'm what are you not doing? that organized. Oh, she's, oh, I'm like, pull she's the trigger, good. pull the trigger. I'm like, you've got <laughs> like 75 episodes sitting on your computer and no one can hear. I was me. like, <laughs> I was like, I'm just going to throw it out there and see who listens. Yeah. <laughs> but yes. Anyway. But, since I started, there's it's almost like there's been like a, a mini boom. There's still only a handful, but there's mm-hmm. been I think since I started, there's probably five, six new ones that are popping. Yeah. And they're popping up. There's been two that I found this year, and it's only yeah. oh. February sort of thing. I'm talking to one cool. of them tomorrow. Ooh, talking to the OT so After Dark ladies tomorrow. I don't know if you found oh, that one. I just I did. Oh my gosh, we all need to connect. That's why I like so fun. <laughs> That's why I started atpodcast.com, shameless plug. <laughs> I love your shameless plug, but it's just, it's cool. Yeah, if you guys haven't checked out otpodcast.com. And that was it. Like, it, it is, uh, and I was talking to someone else about it the other day. I'm like, the OT podcast sort of, I want to call it a scene, but I guess the people involved World? with it. Yeah, yeah, I don't know what it is. Economy, I don't know. (laughs) Whatever it is, whatever it is, Uh, group of people who are into it um, Mm -hmm. do seem to be quite, you know, supportive and close. And it's actually a kind of a cool little community Mm -hmm. um, of of people who are, I guess, you can relate to, you know, similar challenges and that sort of stuff that most people wouldn't. Like things like audio and microphones, all that sort of rubbish, and like we were talking before about this random noise that I can hear in my headphones. And you're like, oh, I get that. 
Like no one else, no one else would know how annoying that is. Well, I feel like yeah, I've got and- tinnitus. Like- <laughs> but it's nice that I mean, because when you are on the online world, it's such a crazy. I've talked about it before, but like you feel like a little bit of a, you're on an island, right? Like you're like, I'm just throwing this out there and you kind of feel like, well, no one's really complaining too much, so it should be okay. Or like, um, you know, you, the challenges and like how long it takes me per, me personally to edit, like this is insane. Like why, like this should be easier or like website problems or, you know, technical difficulties. It's like all the behind scenes stuff is fun, but it's also kind of a, I love the tech. I love the techie stuff when it goes well. <laughs> you know? When it's working, That's like yeah, yeah. Tech's amazing when it's working. Yeah. So, do your students? What are you teaching? Occupational therapy. Well. <laughs> ah, no. So this semester, uh, so first semester this year, I am teaching our first year. So we have a we're a bachelor's program. Uh-huh. So it's four uh-huh. years. So I'm teaching our first yeah. years, and this semester I'm teaching them. Like OT one hundred and one, so it's intro to occupation oh, okay. and occupational therapy, uh, yeah. and then second semester I take the second years for what's essentially a mental health subject. Oh, okay. Uh, and then little bits and pieces, workshops and lectures and that sort of stuff in between both semesters mm-hmm. for our third and fourth years on various, usually the mental health stuff. I'm. Uh, mm-hmm. Well, we've actually got What's another a new staff member now, so I'm not the only sort of mental health person on uh, on staff now, which is exciting. Oh, but. there you go. Do they listen to your podcast, or do you ever have? Can you give a shameless plug? I I don't tend <laughs> don't really, to. Yeah, but I don't either. Every now and then, like I, usually, like the 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 later years of the course, I'll see like on the Facebook page such and such will have liked it, or I'm like, yeah, oh, shame. See, and then you see it. Yeah, I'm like they never. That's no so one's fun. ever actually no. The, so the graduating class last year, there was a couple of people like, oh, I've listened to this and this, and I really liked you know that person and this person and yeah, blah blah blah. And I'm like, oh, I, I it for whatever reason it never when I started this it never sort of connected that people that I actually interact with day to day might listen to it. <laughs> like, Do you know what's it's so funny never, about never it's really so made true. that connection. I'm like, oh, it's so you listen to it. Like, how did you find it? Yes. I'm like, the same way anyone else might find it. <laughs> I never thought about that either. And then people are like, oh, like, um, yeah, just like in, we're at work. And then someone, or I had, I've had some coworkers that like started listening to it, but they didn't tell me they were listening to it. And then they would like, somehow something would come up and I'd be like, that was on the podcast. Like, Hmm. And they're like, oh, yeah, I totally listened. I'm like, oh, that's kind of funny. <laughs> I, I have also had that from people who yeah. aren't OTs. Like yeah. A couple of my mates will just listen. I'm like, one, no, that's, one's a chef I'm and I'm like, he starts talking to me about <laughs> occupations. I'm like, wow, okay. I'm flattered that you listen. To be fair, his missus is an OT. So hi, Josh, yeah. if you're listening. Um, <laughs> hey, Josh. Yeah. Um, that's but yeah, it's that side of it was actually pretty cool because I'm like, oh, someone who's not in the profession now sort of understands a little bit about, well, I, don't even, yeah. I don't know which episode he was listening to, but now understands a little bit about whatever we were talking about at the time, um, mm-hmm. which is something, again, I never really considered when I started it because it was more around, well, I kind of started it for selfish reasons. I'm like, I want to listen to, I want to talk to cool people and learn things for myself and I'm just going to yeah. record them and put them out there and see if anyone else learns anything from these mm-hmm. conversations and 
It, right. People seem to be, so that's a good thing. Yeah. <laughs> so what? So what is? So you've we've gone through sort of how you got to here. So seniors flourish. Yeah. What is it? <laughs> what is it? That's a really good question. No, you know, seniors flourish started when I. So I have a little girl and I have twin boys and. I had three kids in 13 months and so it was, it was a bit insane and I probably wouldn't recommend it, (laughs) but, but it happened and it was my life. And, but basically what happened up happening is I had this vision and these are the things that I think I love the um, looking back and kind of reflecting on because I had this vision that I, when I had kids, you know, my husband and I had this quote plan that I was going to work part-time because that's just who I am. I wanted to work part-time and stay in the profession and I love to be like stimulated, right? In the social interaction and the all that stuff. Well, I had three kids in 13 months and it's very expensive to have daycare and living in more of a rural community. It was almost, it was like, I had three infants. It was like, I didn't have triplets, but I mean, I had three infant car seats. About as like, close you could possibly get to triplets without, without triplets. Without yeah. having triplets. Yeah. So like finding daycare or part-time daycare was basically, I shouldn't say impossible. It was, yeah, it was impossible. And so in a way I was kind of quote forced to stay home, which for me personally, it wasn't in my plan. And so I, you know, was trying to embrace this role that I didn't plan on having, having, and I actually felt very isolated. I felt very like my brain was turning to mush. Like I wasn't professionally like stimulated, you know, in that way. And I started the website strictly actually as kind of information for caregivers actually. Um, because I have a love for the older adult population. I think part of it, like I said earlier, was my grand, just having my grandfather is such an important part of my life. And um, there was a lot of like caregiver support websites at the time. Um, but there wasn't anything from like a somewhat of a medical standpoint. Not that I was looking for medical advice, but like little things like using a walker or just some general information I was kind of putting out there. And very quickly I realized that occupational therapists and occupational therapy assistants and students, they were like, this is information I need. Like there's nothing out there for us, for us working with older adults. Um, And so then it's kind of one of those things, like I listened to what my followers were saying and I'm like, oh my gosh, I can actually turn this into a website that is for occupational therapy therapists and practitioners and students so I can get my OT fix and I can, you know, spread my love of the older adult. And um, like I was talking earlier with the, I love the professional development and having students with me. And I'm like, I can create something where I can like combine all the loves of my life for, from a professional standpoint and cram it all into a website. So I just started writing about topics um, that pertain to occupational therapists working with older adults. And it's funny because a lot of OTs over here anyway, really identify as being a quote pediatric OT. I'm a pediatric OT or I'm a mental health OT, but a lot of people don't say I'm a geriatric OT. And, but the truth of it is over here, like if you work maybe outpatient, 60% um, of your clientele is older adults. If you're working in acute care, a large percentage is 
older adults. If you're working, of course, in nursing homes or home health, it's almost all older adults. But we're working with, there's a large population of older adults that we are working with, and they have very unique needs, I think. Um, there's a lot of medical complexities. They're on a, you know, a ton of medications. Um, it's, just, it's just different than working with a healthy 30-year-old. Um, and you know, I've always liked that challenge. And I also feel like I, I like the idea that sometimes I feel like older adults kind of get a bad rap as in they, they're not advocated for always, or um, I feel like they're a, a bit of a vulnerable population that I love that I can kind of have a voice for or advocate for or help other clinicians be really good clinicians working with them and help them achieve their goals. I mean, we're all going to be there someday, right? And I want really great healthcare if I need it then too. So I just really have a passion for helping others be great clinicians. And so, yeah, I just started the website, started, you know, quote, blogging, which I don't really love the word blogging. I feel like it's more of an educational resource. <laughs> and then, you know, and then I started the podcast and then it just grew into a membership site where I it's kind of like having an online mentorship without having a mentor. <laughs> I do like short videos well, on things. I would you say? So you're the mentor. Yeah. Yeah, totally. And that's the thing. It's like, you know, these are all things that I was doing kind of like from a clinical standpoint, but now I'm just doing it online. And it's so cool that I can help. Um, I just can help on a bigger scale. You know what I mean? And it's, it kind of mind, it's mind blowing, but you know, it's like, in, you know, in the membership site, like I have tons of resources for assessments or, you know, those, those little things that sometimes you don't always get a good CEU on that people feel like they should know how to do it and they don't. Um, so it's just like, and then people can ask questions and there's a private, you know, community forum and there's, we just, I try to make it fun yeah. because I think OT is fun. And it, I mean, it has it to be, be, obviously, I'm, it should be fun. And, you know, I'm obviously very I'm really big on evidence-based practice, right? I'm really big on occupation-based practice, but also it's like I, I've been a clinician for almost 17 years and like I know what it's like. So when sometimes people throw a textbook answer, that's not always real, you know? And so it's like trying to help people problem solve. I have a lot of um, students, students on like their placement or their um, level two field works, we call them here. Um, I have a lot of new graduates. I have a lot of people, let's say they've worked in pediatrics for 10, 15 years and now they're going to go work in home health. They're like, oh man, <laughs> like where do I kind of start? So I just have a really big variety um, in the membership. And so I seriously love it. And I feel like it's such a, I mean, I, I kind of created in the sense of if I, looking back as a new grad in home health, flailing a bit on my own. I made a resource that I thought that I wish I would have had. I really wish I would have had it. And so I think, if, and then the other thing is, is I, it's cool is that people are saying like, hey, I'd love to learn more about this. I create that. I create the resources or the education videos, treatment ideas for what the people, for what the members are needing. So it's cool. Like, obviously I'm biased because it's cool, but I just think it's, it's, it's a really great resource <laughs> and it's fun and I get to, I get everything, like I said, everything about OT that I love, I get to do now. 
It's so cool. So is it your main sort of thing now? Are you still working clinically at all or is this your this is your main focus? Just this year. So where are we at? End of February. This is my main focus. So I was working PRN, um, filling in, and I still might fill in a little bit here and there. I'm going to start filling in for a Parkinson's boxing class for an OT that does that once in a while. Um, Do tell. That sounds next- amazing. Yeah. Yeah. And so I will, but so, you know, I'm not, I'm not working as much clinically anymore because this is taking, um, is my full-time slash, you know, I have young kids, so I, it's amazing that I can have a business. Now it's a business, Mm. um, that I can, you know, be home with my family and work. So yeah, that's awesome. Yeah. Now, now it's like, yeah, like I said, I'm going to start filling in this Parkinson class and, um, you know, now I feel like I have a little bit more freedom to do things like that, that I probably wouldn't have had the opportunity or, um, I wouldn't have been able to just because, yep. you know, it doesn't pay the same. Yeah, <laughs> you know, yeah. It's more of a, like a fun project. Um, so when you, when the, you first yeah. started the website, was the intention yeah. always to turn it into a business? Not no, not necessarily into that. Yeah, it just kind of evolved. You know, my husband and I. Um, you know, I worked as the. You know, we have this thing called independent contracting, where basically you're your own business and you provide OT services for nursing homes or facilities and things like that. So, um, after I had my kids, I just went straight to being an independent contractor. So, you know, I'm very familiar with biz, you know, some basic business. My husband is also self-employed. We, you know, we, we do all sorts of things, flip houses, <laughs> we have rentals, we, you know, so like the biz business itself is not necessarily completely foreign to me. Mm-hmm. Um, so I've always had like a little entrepreneurial spirit. Um, I just didn't know how you could do both OT and a business with, um, without having a private practice. Cause I wasn't really keen on going that route. Yeah. Going down that route. Um, and you know, it, yeah, it just kind of evolved and I just went for it. I'm like, you know what, what, do, what do I have to lose? I still have my part-time job. Right. Cause, um, and it, it's a it was, I mean, now it's much easier because I can, I have like a little team where they, you know, help me out with certain things. Um, and, but, you know, starting out, I was totally like bootstrapping it. Right. And you're like, I don't even know. I don't even know how to build a website. Like, I don't even know, like, I don't know anything about any of this, but like I said, I like to research the heck out of anything. And so I kind of figured it out. And, um, yeah, it's been a crazy learning experience. And so I've been doing this. The website I started, well, when the boys were little, so you know, probably three and a half years ago or so, the website started. And then I added the podcasting because I thought, why not? Why not? And then, and then I started, um, yeah, the membership site probably like a year and a half ago or so. So it's been an amazing journey. It's been so fun. And I think there's, because I'm, your story very much it reminds me of uh, my friend Melissa Lapont, who's also an yeah. entrepreneur and working in that yep. online space um, mm-hmm. and the similarities I see are very much just not just but very much 
you follow what you're really passionate about and it just kind of evolves from there into what it's, I guess, what it's meant to be in the end. Yeah. Yeah. I think it's so cool. I mean, like, I love, I love talking to other OT entrepreneurs, you know what I mean? Because I feel like it's like, we're, we're a little club as well, (laughs) but, but it's, it's, it's one of those things like I, it's one of those things like, as in you have a passion, right. And you're like, I'm going to go for it. And it's not easy and it's hard and it's taken longer. Like you just want to like, when you have this idea and you get so excited about it, you just want to like go for it. And then you're like, Ooh, it is a marathon, not a sprint. Um, and you have to have that dedication. You have to be consistent and you have to keep going for it. But I believe that you, you can do it. I mean, and you have to, I do think that you have to kind of um, know who your audience is. Let it be if it's, you know, private practice and like, is there a need? Is there a need? Like you don't want to go through all the work. I mean, there's a lot of work. You don't want to go through all the work mm. with the idea of having a business. If it's just not something that's needed or wanted in your community or online or whatever. But when you see that little crack in the door and people are actually saying like, this is what I'm looking for. This is what I'm looking for. And you're like, I can totally help with that. You know what I mean? And it's like, yeah, I get, like I said, I get to do it all in the sense of I get to use my OT skills. I mean, I am way, way, way more up on research than I was when probably when I was a clinician, honestly, right? Because I, I'm, I, re, I, I need to, I have to now. And not that I wasn't before, but like, it's such a in the forefront. Um, mm. And that's cool. Like, I, I love that. Um, but yeah, Melissa, she's a... Um, Another good example where she's just grow, you grow. Um, yeah, she does uh, women's health. Yeah. And online. Well, online. Uh, well she does like um, business. Um, yeah, well, that's, that's what I was going to say. It's kind of evolved. Yeah. Like it started off as yeah. very much promoting OT and women's health, like the online yeah, stuff and that's courses what, around yeah. that. And now it's, you know, evolved into like supporting OTs to set up the private practice. Well, I don't even think it's specifically OTs. I think it's just health. Uh, clinicians yeah. um, to you know set up their own sort of private practice kind of stuff, and mm-hmm. again, it was just she just follows what she's passionate about, and the ideas mm-hmm. evolve, and she goes where people you know more people are asking me for this, so I'll go and do this sort of thing. Yeah, and I think it's it's interesting that uh, for me anyway, like a lot of the people that I find really interesting are those ones that like yourself and like Melissa that are kind of not tied to a system and it's almost like you're free to do whatever you want what are you going to do with it Uh, and to see what people actually do with you know an OT degree or an OT qualification when they're not tied down to any kind of health system to me is really fascinating yeah. And it's cool. Cause I do have, you know, I, you know, I also get questions about, you know, starting blogs and starting online businesses and things like that. And I, I mean, I fully say I'm no expert. I just know from my own experience that, you know, like I said, it, it is a lot of work obviously. And I probably like looking back, it's one of those things that you, I would say, if you have a desire for it, you have to just jump in and do it. As in, you don't have to like quit your job and like start this 100%. I'd start it, you know, as a little side gig and just see where it grows or if it's going to grow or if you feel like you have the passion or time commitment to 
make it grow because it is, I truly believe it is not necessarily as a, if you make it, they will come. Like it's work. Like you have to, you have to, you know, grow and connect and you have to, I think as a side gig, you know, like I was super passionate about it and I just really love it. Right. And so it's like that whole thing. It's not hard for me to, you know, get on social media and like connect with people or, um, at this point, you know, because I'm so, I just enjoy it. And so it's part of, it's like the, it's the win-win. I like, I get to do what I want to do and I get to grow it as a business and that's exciting too. Um, so yeah, thanks. I think it's, it's so fun. (laughs) I I keep saying it's fun because it's just so fun. And like, it's kind of, you know, like you'll go through the cycles of maybe, I I don't know if you have Brock, but like, you know, you've been working and then you get burnt out and you're like, I love the profession, but I don't like the, you know, the politics of it or the facilities or the X, Y, and Z. And it really, when I started it, it was literally out of desperation. I kind of felt like I was like, I don't felt like I was in a desperate place, but like it also grew into such a love for the profession all over again. Um, just from a fresh perspective, fresh set of eyes. Um, I've very much been there. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. I mean, a lot of us have, and I think you, I think it's so important to talk about because I think, um, you know, people, you always, it's always like you hear one of two, you know, two sides of OT, right. You know, it's like, it's amazing. It's, you know, flowers and rainbows. Right. And then you have the other side where you'll go into Facebook group sometimes and people are like, this is the worst profession ever. And then other people get scared that are like, I'm, Mm -hmm. I'm just starting my OT journey. And, that's not what I want to hear. And so it's like, I feel like you have to just be honest and realistic with um, where the profession is, where you are. Everyone's different. Every facility's different. Every setting's different. Like where you are in your life. Yeah. Because I mean, I was obviously, when, it's so much different when you're starting out fresh at 23 versus when you've been doing it for a long time or you have a family or different responsibilities or, I mean, there's so many, as we know, like there's the context is so yeah, yeah. big. And, and, and so I think it's so important to just say like, yeah, sometimes it's harder than hell <laughs> and other times I love it, you know? But that's, um, that's the same with anything in life. Like totally, I think a lot of people, especially, oh, this is going to be a very generalized statement, but I think people sort of earlier on in their career sort of hit that first, like, oh, this sucks point and yeah. sort of throw it in where like, if you can use that as a learning point instead of uh mm-hmm. this sucks i give up point yeah. um well i actually i'll reframe that you're going to learn from it either way you're either going to learn that yeah. ot sucks or you're going to learn how to deal with things when things get difficult mm-hmm. the choice is completely up to you which one it is mm. mm-hmm. and i've seen ot's go both ways i've seen ot's that hit a sticking point it sucks. They get that in their head. And then even after that sort of has passed and they're back on good grounds, it's still OT sucks. i got to get out. I mm-hmm. want to do something different. Um, even if it's not the profession, it might be that particular job. And i got to change jobs. i got to right. change jobs. i got to change jobs, which is fine. I encourage, especially new grads, I encourage them to change jobs regularly so that they get a wider breadth of experience. But Find, find what you like. Yeah. And you don't know. If your first job is not going to be the job. Not your first five jobs are not going to be the job. (laughs) 
So, yeah. you know, get that moving out of the way and you'll eventually find what you really, really love. And it might not be what you originally thought you were going to. Mm-hmm. But then, I, you know, like I said, I've seen OTs that have hit that sticking point and, yeah, they'll still go through that period of, oh, this sucks, I can't do this, this is hard, I don't like it, blah, blah, blah. But if they are able to reframe it as a learning opportunity, it might be that, yeah, I'm still going to leave this place, but this is some coping mechanisms I've learned or this is how I've learned to deal with you know, this type of manager or whatever the actual issue is. It might be just that because there's a ton of resources and support uh, around this kind of stuff online now. It might just be that you actually find some of those and connect with those and you learn other things through that. Um, mm-hmm. Things like your membership group, things like the Burnout's mm-hmm. lit, lit Up podcast, if it's burnout, that's the issue. Things like, yeah. you know, various other Facebook groups. Like there's a whole range, like I'm, again, biased because I run the MH for OT group. But if it's mental health, then, you know, you can connect with other clinicians who may have had a similar experience right. as you. Even just actually linking in with those resources during that period is progress. It's a win. Even mm-hmm. if you move job or remove yourself from the situation, You've still got those resources now, so I I, I think I, I don't know if we just globally if we do a really good job of not necessarily I don't necessarily think we have to prepare people for bad things happening, but I think we need right. to prepare them to be able to self write. Mm, that's a good way to put it. Mm-hmm. And I don't know how well we are currently as a profession doing that. All the resources are there. It's kind of like the old, I can't remember who said, I don't know if it was on. So someone smarter than me said it, um, <laughs> that we're not, like the aim of education isn't to teach people something, it's to teach them how to think. And it's mm. kind of that same sort of adage in that we're not here to show you how to fix a difficult situation where here to support you and show you how to fix it yourself, how to work out how mm-hmm. to fix it yourself kind of thing. It's, yeah, it's interesting because I, I, I went through the same thing and I was lucky enough that my involvement with, uh, I guess, online networks around OT mm-hmm. was sort of quite extensive by the time I hit that point in that I, I still went the whole... OT sucks thing, but it wasn't, it didn't, it wasn't the predominant thought kind of thing. And I, I had enough yeah. knowledge around where to look for supports and how to, how to find supports that, mm-hmm. you know, I still love the profession. <laughs> right. That's why I'm still here years after the fact. I know, I know it. And yeah. it, it might be that, and like in my situation where you still love the profession and you're still very engaged in the profession, but it's in a very different way that you previously were. Yeah. Yeah. Obviously mine's non-traditional now as well, you know, and it's, yeah, I think, I actually think though, you know, a lot of the groups um, are, you know, are really, are really helpful. And, you know, I would, I would honestly say I probably wouldn't have identified as like a group kind of person. I probably would have been in general before, like one of those people that I might join a group and like, kind of like, scroll stock, you know, like, you're, you're, a, you're a lurker. <laughs> like trying to, yeah, I'm Just a lurker. The, that's what I would and Yeah, definitely. Like on. I might get some good information, but I never would participate kind of thing. And that's okay. But There's nothing wrong these, with that. Nothing wrong with that. 
nothing wrong with that. But I will have to say when I actually started like, okay, I'm just going to kind of start putting myself out there, which is really kind of scary because you don't know what kind of feedback you're going to get. And, um, but you just feel a different type of connection with others. Mm. And, um, and you just feel like, oh, okay, people do care kind of about me, even though they don't know me. Yep. And it just is like a different, you know, I'm not even saying about having like a bad experience. I'm just talking about even like when, you know, it's, it's being around like-minded people is I think the big thing. It's like, you know, you are who you surround yourself with a bit, you know, and I feel like that's why some, some of the groups are really great because they, you know, everybody's really trying to help each other out. And that's, that's what I'm trying to achieve through my own private um, community group through, you know, through the learning lab membership, because we're all really there. We're all, everyone wants to learn. Everybody wants to, you know, be, the best clinicians they can be. And, um, you know, it's not about intimidation or saying like you suck at this because you don't actually know how to like train, change an oxygen tank or something like super basic. Like people may be really embarrassed about, they're like, I feel like I should know this. Or I never was, you know, I never did a, a, you know, field work in this type of setting. And, you know, there's all these different things. And, and also it's just like really trying to, I'm trying to help them shift their mindset of, you know, working with older adult population can one, just be really rewarding, but two, you can make such a difference and it doesn't have to be boring. It doesn't have to be these rote exercises, like get creative, get fun, like connect with your patients, you know, use the evidence, like be, be like the awesome clinician that you were supposed to be, that you know, you want to be like, you can do it. And sometimes people just need that support when they are in a facility where, they feel like no one around them cares. Like we've maybe not everybody's been in these facilities or these settings, but you just are like, am I the only one that is caring? (laughs) And like, am I the only one? And so it's nice to get that boost in uh, a type of group or something like that. um, Because you may not have that support in your environment and trying to just really get people boost the confidence that they need to just do what they know they should do for their clients. And and I think, like, I think you're right. Like I think there's a lot of cases where the groups can serve to, I guess, fill a need that you're not confident to do in person. So there might be something you don't know, yeah. but, you know, mm, asking mm-hmm. someone in the workplace, especially, you know, you're going to see them constantly. They're like, are they going to think I'm stupid now? Like I can't yeah. ask that. Whereas you can say, yeah. you can ask that question, and I think a lot of people once they get over that initial sort of hump, that fear of of engaging, mm-hmm. like you can ask those kinds of questions in a group that's essentially full of strangers. Yeah, they're all there for a similar purpose, so that's the thing that you've got in common. There would be many of, especially once some of the bigger groups would have had that same experience as you. Like, oh, I remember when I didn't know that, and this is how I learned, yeah. it, and this is you know, blah blah blah. And you can kind mm-hmm. of get those questions answered and feel more confident and then go back to the workplace and you don't have that sort of like, oh, now everyone here thinks I'm stupid kind of thing because I had to ask this particular question. Yeah. Um, I have used Facebook groups many, many times for that exact purpose. <laughs> yeah. um, I will admit I'm probably not the best at asking for help. I used to be. I'm not too bad at it now. I'm, yeah. I'll ask for help when it's needed, but... Uh, yeah, in person when I first graduated anyway, it was, that was something I'm like, 
always worried about like, do they think like, are they going to think I'm doing a bad job if I don't know how to do right. this and, or even like acronyms and stuff. I'm like, cause health, yeah. health is built on acronyms apparently. So I'm like, what does that even <laughs> yeah. mean? Or that means something else in another setting. Like I don't, I don't understand, but I think engaging. And the other thing it does is even after the first time you've like thrown a question out, you've then got, and I, I see this as a moderator of a lot of these groups, you've then got a lot of buy-in into that group. Mm-hmm. So I'll see people that will throw a question out, get an answer, but then I see them more often. Like they'll start yeah, answering questions true. for people yeah. or, you know, someone will put a question out and they'll go, oh, yeah, like I'm curious about this as well, like or following for the answer, blah, blah, blah. Um, mm-hmm. I think once people just make that initial step into actually engaging in a group, and it might even not even be them asking a question, it might just be engaging with someone else's, but that initial engagement is kind of like the tipping point and then they're in. Yeah, it's like you feel like, okay, this is really helpful and it's helpful for me and I can be helpful for someone else, you know? And, and that's why I like the, you know, the groups that are kind of like differentiated a bit, like you have, you're in charge of the mental health for OT, MH for OT, you know, it's just clinicians that are working. They have that similar, you have that similar, you know, experience or you're kind of seeing similar clients or um, different things like that. So it's, I like that those are kind of separated out, you know, they have like new graduate Hmm. therapists or students groups or you know whatever whatever it is i mean there's so many it's it's amazing and i really like that it's kind of separated a little bit yeah yeah and you have you know all ages and all stages of um practice in there and some are help more helpful than others yeah (laughs) and it's like if you've got a part of the deal it's life even if you work across multiple areas if you've got a question about a specific you know age group or practice area then Uh you you know where you can sort of go and get like-minded people. Like I wouldn't be posting a question about Mm. geriatrics in the mental health group. Yeah, there might be someone in there that might be able to answer it, but you're going to be better off posting that in a geriatric group where the majority of people in there are either in that practice area or have an interest in it kind of thing. Mm -hmm. Um, Mm -hmm. And the the OT4 OT group kind of has a – has evolved that's again it started as an online tech that's what that's what stands for it's online tech for ot but it's kind of evolved into just the general overarching group it's no longer just online tech it's just everything Um, which is cool it's again it's it's something that just evolved into what was needed by the the Mm -hmm. ot community i guess Mm -hmm. i was just having a look before and you like saying that you're uh why you seem worried I'm like what are you, yeah. you're like what has he found i don't even know what i'm worried about yeah. but like what do you find about me online <laughs> nothing, nothing nothing it's really funny because i'm like oh gosh I'm like I I, I I there's nothing like incriminating it's just like i don't know what people say in there so, no i was just gonna say you're very prolific <laughs> on the instagrams and you've probably oh, totally. you've probably got one of the you're obviously you're always putting out content like I yeah, always totally. see, especially in your it's all about consistency, stories bro. and that kind of stuff. <laughs> but you've probably yeah. got one of the biggest OT accounts, OT related accounts, yeah, in the world. <laughs> Whoa, yeah, it is pretty. I mean, for OT world, it's pretty big. Yeah, how yeah. did you manage that? What is your secret? I'm just that charming. Well, did you not no, figure fair. that out? No, that's fair. You know what's really 
funny. I think it's the same type of thing. I think I started at, I wouldn't, I think I started at a good time, actually, honestly, as in one, I think for Instagram in particular, I, when I started Instagram, I'm like, oh man, I'm too old for Instagram. Like, <laughs> like none of my friends are on Instagram. Um, I don't like to do selfies. Um, I love, I love Instagram. I just don't like it for me. Like I don't have one personal, personally actually. But um, I think I started at OT at a good time on Instagram as well. Um, because I just started the same type of thing. I just started putting out OT content. I will throw in a selfie once in a while when I brush my hair, when I brush my mom hair, (laughs) Um, you know, but it's, it's such a cool, it's such a cool platform and I love, and so I love it. And I actually find it um, for me, like I was saying, I'm not a very good Twitter -er or LinkedIn person, Um, but (laughs) Instagram um, it's such an easy way to direct message people. And I, and I get lots of questions. The Instagram stories I think are really fun. Um, I try to just be a little bit more casual on my Instagram stories. I don't, you know, like originally you just kind of just start, I'm just like throwing stuff up there. I'm like, I don't know. And I, you know, some people are very strategic with their Instagram. I just find things that I think are super helpful and that would be interesting to, you know, other OT practitioners out there. And that's how I post it. Like, I, I wish I'd be a little bit more strategic, <laughs> but, um, I, you know, use lots of hashtags, use lots of hashtags. Um, I think like, it's, like I said earlier, I really build my business and, or my social following based upon what people are telling me, because I can think of a hundred things that I think would be helpful, right? Like, but I've been a clinician for a really long time as well. And, you know, you can look at insights and what your average age is mm. and, you know, mostly, mostly females, um, you know, between the ages of 25 and 35 and like, you can kind of, you're like, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. It sounds like I OT. Know. It sounds like OTs. Yeah. <laughs> I know. And so, and I'm an OT. Um, but I think what happens to people like, oh, I'd love to, you know, learn more. I mean, people will just tell me or tell, you know, be like, oh, I'd love I love when you put out things about treatment ideas or I love when you put out like, you know, and when people say that, I kind of take note. It's like what I do with my clients, right? Like if you really listen to your clients, you can create a client-centered treatment plan. Um, If you listen to your social following, you can create the resources and the things that they need. I'm adding, I'm starting, I'm contracting with some really awesome fellow OT practitioners and I'm going to start adding some continuing ed courses. Um, I'm kind of trying to do it a little bit different than not non-traditional. It's going to be, but like very specific to what people are saying that they can't find out there. They're like, Oh, I'd love a continuing ed course on this because I can't find anything. And I'm like, all right, I can find some smart people. (laughs) Let's make it happen. Let's make it happen. Let's find those resources. So you can be like a confident, competent clinician that you want to be. So, um, and that's kind of how I, did social media too. I just, I learned about hashtags. I learned about connecting with others. Um, you know, you, if you want people to connect and interact with you, you need to interact with them. And I've found a lot of really fun, like, I don't know, online friends through even Instagram. I went to the national AOTA conference last year and 
I mean, the people that I connected with through specifically Instagram, I, I personally find it easier to connect with people on Instagram versus Facebook, unless you're in a Facebook group. Yep. Um, you know, not just like my business page. I try to put a lot of really relevant and helpful information and links and things like that. And people really like it, but I don't feel like that connection the same way. Um, even though I think it's a great platform for that. Um, but yeah, I just, you know, I like to comment on people's cat pictures. I'll be like, Oh, that looks so fun, you know, or whatever. And it's all about connecting and relationships and, um, fun, I guess. And so, yeah, yeah. And then it just grew. It just grew. I think people, you start posting things that people find helpful and then they start tagging their friends saying, Hey, this is a really great, um, it's, I don't know. Is it an Instagram? Page? I don't even know what it's called. Instagram Post? page, Instagram oh, profile. Yeah. I don't, like I don't a know what my, or, page, I guess. See, page, I don't even know what sure. it's called. Let's go with page. Like this, we just coined yeah, it. Yeah. I like to follow this person because she has really great content. And so then it kind of just, I think, organically grows but i mean i've done instagram for a couple of years now too so i think like i said it, it took a while i mean i'm kind of one of the bigger ones but i think i started i've i've done it a while too yeah, it's yeah. not like i was like didn't happen overnight. boom my my ot like dance video was out there i mean i'm not that creative i could i could have back in the day i could have maybe when <laughs> i did win a hospital-based dance dance revolution contest here you go, there you go. you've heard it here first mandy's <laughs> gonna put out an ot dance video on her instagram something to look forward to oh my gosh oh my gosh everybody watch oh tune in no, i think i found you on instagram ages and ages and ages ago uh yeah. when you posted something about oh my gosh you remember it yeah i do because it Oh, cool. Because there wasn't many people that had any idea other than myself about it. It was Norman Doidge's book, um, Brain That Changes Itself. Oh, yes. And at the time, that was something, still is something that I was doing or had been interested in work-wise. I'd read it like a year before or something. And um, mm -hmm. his second book had just come out, uh, Brain's Way of Healing Itself, I think was the second one. Um, which was more practice stories as opposed to the science of neuro oh, okay. neuroplasticity. I read the second one. Okay. Um, and I remember seeing that and going, another OT that's actually, you know, <laughs> reading stuff about neuroplasticity. Uh, yeah. Neuroplastic, plasticity. I can't even say words yeah. now. Um, <laughs> and that really stuck in my mind. In my head, I'm like, oh, finally. Because like, to me, it was like reading that book. I'm like, this, why are not, why are OTs not looking into this? Like, I know. Why is uh -huh. why is this you know doctors and and psychologists and stuff this this is OT, especially the second totally. book when they're doing like the um, where he actually goes through practice stories around the concepts from the first book, and it's all around doing. And I'm like, this is OT. I totally it's on my book. I'm writing it. I'm going to write it down right now. Actually, uh, it's going on my book list. Do it as a Do it. avid avid ish book reader. He's, that sounds great. But yeah, that's that's, well, that's that's why I remember. See, it triggered something that's very close and personal. And even though I had yeah. knew nothing, and I still have very little knowledge about you know older persons and geriatric yeah. care, it was little things like that that mm -hmm. I guess make an impact. And the name, obviously, Seniors Flourish. I'm like, that's is a cool name. Oh, thanks. It's hard picking out a name. I know. 
That's why I just went super simple. I'm like, I need just oh, one. That's cool. One cool. word that I think actually encompasses the majority of what I think the profession is. Yeah. No, that's cool that you found, like I said, it's, you found uh, like a post, like like you said, relatable yeah. or connecting or intriguing, you know, and that's kind of the idea. Um, so I try to, I, I yeah, I think it's just, it's it's a fun way to connect with other people, but it's uh, the online world is a whole, it's its own beast, isn't it? <laughs> it is, and I, I still think OTs, I don't think we're great at it. Yeah. I think we're still learning. There's definitely other professions that are much better at it than us. Uh, totally. Overall, there's obviously a few people yeah. that are, you know, like we're in podcasting. You obviously really know your stuff when it comes to Instagram. There's other OTs that are all over Facebook. There's OTs mm-hmm. that are all over blogging. Yeah. But I think overall as a profession where we like to think we're early adopters, we're not really. We're still no. We're no, well, that's what I was talking about earlier. I'm always like, I think it's you know all these other healthcare professions have like all these resources and all this stuff out there, and I just love when people kind of think outside the box, right? Mm-hmm. And like try something new and um, use your OT skills for other. I mean, let it be other typical profession, but or non traditional. Um, I think that's, I kind of feel like that's what we need to kind of advance and get our name out there. Like, how do we, how do we get more people aware of a profession when we don't even advocate for it ourselves, really? I mean, or like, I shouldn't say we don't advocate for it. Just like, we live in a social online world and it's like, we need to be out there, right? We need to be out there. And so I like to think my little, my little tiny slice of the OT pie in the social media world. I'm like, oh, I just want to, you know, do my, I guess, do my part and, and try to make people aware. Because, I mean, it's amazing the people that connect with you through social media or they'll email you after um, a random podcast and they'll mm-hmm. be like, oh my gosh, I, you know, I used this technique or um, I never thought of it that way or um, or I didn't really know what OT was and it was really neat to hear you, you know, talk shop or, you know, like those little things you're like, okay, I am, I am making a little bit of a difference. That's you know? it. I think that, that fear, cause ugh, podcasting essentially is quite one way <laughs> when it comes to like talk- conversing with your yeah. audience. Cause they can't really talk unless you're going to do a live yeah. show or something yeah. where people can ring in, but like I, I do enjoy getting those emails from people and going, oh, I, I got an email from someone the other day and all it said was, I listened to your podcast. I'm like, cool, okay. That's like, so that's nice. All, that's all it said. That's literally <laughs> that's all, all it said. Though. And then the name at the end of it. I'm like, sweet, thank you very much. But then like I'll have people that know. like, you know, I, I resonated with this idea or have you, or things I haven't heard of. Like I'd be talking about something uh-huh. and I'd be like, oh, have you heard of this? Have you looked at this? Or... um. There's a lot of the people that have been on the podcast started off as people that emailed me going, oh, like, that was really cool. This is what I do. Um, you know, yeah. I've had that experience. And to me, it's like, that's really interesting. Let's have a chat mm-hmm. and record it and send yeah. it out to everyone else. Um, I think, I don't even know where I was going with that. I've just had a mind blank. 
it's just kind of cool because like you don't, like you said, you don't get a lot of feedback in general when you are a podcaster yeah. <laughs> or like even do a website in general, like you don't really get a lot of feedback. So it is actually kind of reassuring. They're like, okay. Cause you found it, like I said before, it's like, you kind of know, you're like, well, no one's really complaining that much yeah. or you get, maybe you don't, but I get the, you know, random complaints, but you know, in general, you're just like, well, I'm doing the best I can. And I feel like it's resonating. And so it is nice to get those little notes once in a while. Yeah, yeah. Um, Okay, I'm on the right track. As long (laughs) as it's fun, I'll keep doing it. I know. And it's fun. And it is fun. And it is fun, isn't it? And you get to network and you get to talk to, you know, awesome people all over. Well, now we've got the technology. You can do it all over the world. Like, you know, it's what time is it there? It's like 8.30 here in the morning. On I was say 3.30 p.m. on Friday. Yeah, and I'm I'm 8.30 on a Saturday. So we can talk across okay. time. We can talk across countries. <laughs> it's it, technology, I think, and, and utilizing. And this isn't, honestly, podcasting overall is about as basic tech-wise as you could possibly yeah. get. It's not, mm-hmm. once you get your head around the base, it's, it's not complicated. Um, mm-hmm. takes effort, but it's not complicated. Right. Uh, it still amazes me that we're not in it more uh, as a profession. Mm-hmm. But that it'll come. Mm-hmm. It'll come. Early days. Early days. So we'll let <laughs> that days. go. Yeah. yeah. We're a bit slow, no. but that's okay. <laughs> it's all right. Is there anything we haven't covered that you would like to cover? Any? Oh, oh you're. Man. Haven't you got courses? I- Online learning courses? No, no. Well, that's just, I'm gonna add. I'm starting to add those courses. You know, I think I think the big thing is just like I love. It's I don't know. I guess it's just a unique way to. You know, I did a presentation at my Colorado State Association last year about podcasting, mm-hmm. podcasting as a means of advocacy, and I, you know, was snooping around your stuff, and I think you you've done some podcasting and social media presentations over the years as well i've done not not specifically i've done one specific to podcasting i've done a lot with regards to social media oh Um, social media in general but i've done i did one which was the webinar for Wofford. um whenever that was a couple months ago december i think Mm. i can't remember but i've got a yeah i've got a poster coming up in our national conference in I can't remember when it is. July. When? Oh, um, about, about no, about specific to podcasting. Oh, see, cool. So, and that's what I that's what I did mine on. So yeah, I mean, like I did it. We I did it with. Uh, there's another. Um, her name's Nicole Kane. She does. It's called the Home in Place Project. She's an occupational therapist. She has a, a podcast. Um, a, basically, she is a, like an aging in place specialist, and she's really into home modifications and things like that. And she was on. Um, the Seniors Flourish podcast talking about like interdisciplinary relationships and things like that, which we found out, but like we didn't realize at the beginning, but she's also in Colorado, not on the like the opposite side of the state. You know, in Colorado, it's like to get to the opposite side of the state, it's like, you know, five out. I mean, the states, you know, it's she's far away, but we decided we were going to co-present on podcasting um, for our state association and just talking about like advocacy and how to use our voices to get, you know, like, get the word out about a profession and help with professional development and, you know, um, kind of a lot of the things that we talked about actually today. Yep. And it, it's just, it's just a cool, I, I'm really also just, 
I didn't realize how actually how big the OT world was and or how small it is, right? Like how yeah, big yeah. it is like globally as in like I can connect with you on the other side of the world, literally, right? But also like how small it is and how like, you know, I, I go to a conference and I can meet people that I connect with online. Yeah, yeah. Like, it's that small. Um, and it, I didn't really have a grasp of that before I started even my website. Like I, you know, you, you're a clinician, you went through school, you go to your continuing education courses, you do your thing, you try to be the best that you can be, right? And you, it's a daily grind. And then when I started kind of exploring, like, it's like the OT world just opened up to me. It, it was just like this weird, crazy revelation of myself as well. And just, I think, I think of it so much bigger now. Um, instead of just me in my facility doing my thing, which is, I think, ultimately so important, right? Because mm. it's those little things that make a difference yeah, yeah. in the world. I believe that. But also using social media and podcasting as a platform for, you know, big changes. Like we can make a difference and, you know, using your voice to state your uh, stance on political issues, to connect with other people from around the world, to um, look at different perspectives, um, different payment systems, different healthcare, you know, healthcare systems. Um, it's just, I think it's something that we, you know, now that we have the ability to do that, I think it's such a opportunity that sometimes we're not taking. Like, like we're saying, it's like, sometimes I feel like we're a little behind. We got to keep going. We, we can do it. And um, there's more podcasts out there and there's more websites out there and there's more people being able to advocate and, you know, just writing emails to, uh, to connect with people or connect with your, you know, um, political systems or whatever it is. Mm -hmm. Like, just using these platforms as a way to have your voice heard and advocate and show this distinct value of OT, I think it's so important. And I just want, I guess I just want more people to do it. Yep. You know what I mean? Like use it and connect and um, we can learn so much from each other. I mean, like I have so much more to learn about like OT and life and just connecting with others just broadens your horizons, I guess. And like, you can just look at things so differently, but I don't know. I just, I do love the profession. I really do. And it's like, you know, and, and it, it gives me, maybe, maybe it's just me, but it gives me, when I get to learn and connect with others that are like-minded, other OT practitioners, um, it kind of like fuels my fire and I mm. get energized and I'm like, okay, I, you know, OT is for me. Like sometimes you're like, oh my gosh, what am I doing? Yeah. <laughs> what am I doing? Is this what I should be doing? But like learning something new and making those connections and it's just invigorating. Um, Could not have said that better myself. <laughs> like virtual high five. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> That's one thing we need tech to work out. How did we high five each other? I am a huge high fiving fan. So come on, technology, I don't know. catch up. <laughs> yeah. We need this. We need this feature. <laughs> so, so true. Where can people find you online? Oh, well, obviously not your home address, no. but like, like online. Well, where no, can people no, find that, you? That'd be a little too weird. Yep. No, um, I am kind of a little bit everywhere. Obviously, um, head over to seniorsflourish.com. Check out the website. You can contact me there. I'm on. I have Facebook. 
at seniors. I just have seniors. It's just seniors flourish everywhere. Instagram, like Brock said, I have a pretty good following and I try to be pretty consistent. <laughs> um, but yeah, those, I'd say those are my three major places. You can email or email me M Chamberlain at seniorsflourish.com. Add that in the show notes. Um, I'm always happy to talk about <laughs> that's a fellow podcaster talking, right? Like that's it. make sure you put that yeah, in the show notes. Um, but yeah, it's just, you know, feel free to connect, contact, um, bounce ideas of, I've also love, um, you know, fun collaborations like this. Like, I love this. It's, it's always fun. It's fun. That's it. If it's not fun, <laughs> why do it? I know. But thank you. You are very welcome. Now that I'm reflecting on it, I don't really talk about myself per se that, I mean, I add my two cents in, yeah, but yeah. I let my interviewee, I let my interviewee kind of, you know, they're, they're the ones on the, yeah, yeah. they're the ones showing their expertise or whatever. So I'm probably bad at that. Um, I talk about myself all the time. <laughs> well, sure, come on my, I come on my show and listen to me talk about myself. It'll be amazing. It'll be amazing. Yeah. It'll be amazing. You'll love it. Well, it's a <laughs> Or else. I can't wait to talk about myself some more. Yeah. <laughs> Who can I get in oh, here next that's... to tell them about me? 